أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد before we begin the uh, the درس because we always have more people listening on SoundCloud than we do actually attending theirs. Sayyid Alawi is burning some very expensive oud from uh, from Sarawak, which is a, a good place to get oud from. And it smells wonderful. If you have not smelled the oud of Sarawak before, then uh, ha ha ha, you deserve it for not coming to Dars. And, uh, uh, and uh, I feel no sympathy for you whatsoever. And uh, uh, all of us are enjoying. And uh, so please allow the black hand of FOMO to suffocate your hopes and dreams. Uh, unless, of course, you know, people who are like <laughs> disabled or like bound by having to take care of children or some other sacred uh, or uh, uh, providential duty or restraint. For those of you, inshallah, uh, we pray that uh, you get to smell uh, the Alawi Oud one day and uh, enjoy the barakat of, mashallah, the ribat, which is not so bad. It's a nice place, mashallah. It's cozy. So, last week we be began the uh, uh, the chapter regarding the description of wudu and istinja by talking about istinja for some time and um, then talking about the muqaddimat, uh, the beginning of, of wudu. But strictly speaking, the, the, the core of wudu we didn't touch yet. Allah Ta'ala says in His book, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu إِذَا قُمْتُمُوا إِلَى الصَّلَاةِ فَغْسِلُوا وُجُوهَكُمْ If you, oh you who believe, when you uh, 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 stand for the prayer, wash your face. فَغْسِلُوا وُجُوهَكُمْ وَأَيْدِيَكُمُوا إِلَى الْمَرَافِقِ وَأَمْسَحُوا بِرُؤُوسِكُمْ وَأَرْجُلِكُمْ أَفْوَانْ بُوَأَرْجُلَكُمْ That uh, wash your face and then your hands all the way until the wrists and the word yad the plural of which is ad it can mean hand or it can mean arm and so in this case it means kind of halfway in the middle and the the meaning is then defined by the quran that wash your hands all the way to the to the elbows and wipe your heads uh, uh, and wash your feet so when a person at first glance who kind of learns a Sunday school method of learning wudu, which is a good way of teaching it, that you you know teach the kids to first say Bismillah, then you wash your hands three times, and then you rinse your mouth, etc. Uh, those those people may wonder, like how come the I have wudu in the Quran is is different than the way we learned in Sunday school? Was it that your Sunday school was a corrupt and deviant innovator, hell bent on destroying the? foundations of Islam possibly but probably not probably not they may have been a smoker or they may uh, have been lax in their observation of eating halal meat at some time in their life but uh, uh, you know even that may Allah Ta'ala forgive them for having taught you how to make wudu imagine you make wudu every time they receive the reward for it and that's absolutely not the case rather <clears throat> the things that are mentioned in the Quran here these are the fara'i of wudu Remember we mentioned that, that, that when you wash your hands before dipping them into the, into the vessel, that washing is a sunnah and it's actually like a sunnah in order to prepare for the wudu. 
That's not the that's not the part of wudu where you wash your hands. That's washing your hands in order to clean them to put them in the vessel. And then afterward, when you when you rinse your mouth with water, you sniff the water and you blow it out, like we mentioned last week in the description that we mentioned last week. Those are not faraid of wudu. Those are sunnahs of wudu. The first, technically, the first fard act of your wudu is what? It's washing your face, which we're gonna we're gonna talk about right now. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Uh, um, go ahead. Read from ثم يأخذ الماء إن شاء بيديه. Come closer. Yeah. ثم يأخذ الماء إن شاء بيديه جميعا وإن شاء بيديه اليمنى فيجعله في يدي في يديه جميعا ثم ينقله إلى وجهه فيفرغه عليه غاسلا غاسلا له بيديه من أعلى جبهته. وحده منابت شعر رأسه إلى طرف ذقنه ودور وجهه كله من حد عظميه لأحييه إلى صدغيه Yeah, so the, uh, uh, Then he says then a person will take uh, either their two cupped hands of water or one cup hand of water in their right hand and then, then will uh, put that water into both their left and right hand and then they'll wash their face with it um, uh, they'll they'll empty that water out onto their face, washing it with both hands <coughs> from the top of their forehead, the the formal border of which is where the hairline starts, or where it did start when uh, such person had hair. Uh, and then it the bottom border of it is what the chin, and then a person will wash the entire face uh, with the circle the the side boundaries of that circle being their. Uh, um, Two jawbones and their temples. So uh, basically, the the where the jawbone comes up, right right in front of the right in front of the ears, um, uh, and yeah, go ahead. ويمرو ويمرو أفهم ويمرو يديه على ما غار من ظاهر أجفانه وأسارير جبهته وما تحت مارينه من ظاهر أنفه. Yeah, so uh, 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 Yes uh, And so he says that a person will wipe their Hands over uh, 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 um, That part which is I guess not seen Normally um, From the outside uh, The part that's hidden from the outside of Their eyelids <coughs> Uh Make sure that they're, uh, they're, uh, um, they the the water touches every part of their surface, and uh, um, the wrinkles on their, on their uh, um, their foreheads, for those of us who have wrinkles on our foreheads. Go ahead. Uh, oh, sorry. Wait. Um, uh, yeah, and then. Uh, um, The uh, make sure they get underneath the nose also in the soft part, the car soft cartilage under the nose, uh, and a person will do that three times, uh, uh, um, and that person will go ينقله ينقله الماء إليه ويحرك لحيته في في غسل وجهه 
بكفيه ليداخلها ليداخلها الماء لدفع الشعر بما يلاقيه من الماء وليس yeah. Yeah, okay, وليس عليه تخليلها في الوضوء في قول مالك ويجري عليها يديه إلى آخرها okay, so the, uh, um, the person will also then uh, uh, I guess move their hand uh, and move their, their hand with the water over their beard and uh, uh, kind of like rub their beard from the outside with it with their two palms so that the water will enter into the into the beard um, and that the you know like the, the the hair that is that is like on the outside surface of the beard the water should enter into it and uh, the hand should move over it so basically a person is uh, is obliged to like take the wet hands and then rub over the like three-dimensional surface of the beard but they don't have to actually run their fingers through their beard. Uh, or like in other madahib, the obligation is to make sure that the water touches the skin underneath. That's not there as long as like the outside of the beard gets washed. <coughs> that's that's uh, sufficient for the wudu. Go ahead. Okay, so before we do that, uh, um, he mentions that, that you don't that it's the opinion of Malik that a person doesn't have to run their fingers their wet fingers through the beard um, and uh, a person does all of this three times the first time is wajib and the next two times are are not go ahead yeah, so the person then will wash their right arm three times or two times. And when he says three or two, what he means is that that uh, um, the, the validity of the wudu is not contingent on washing it three times. And a person will uh, pour water over that arm and they will wipe it, uh, the right arm with the left arm. And they will uh, um, run their fingers through their fingers uh, in part of it. Meaning you should have to get through, get, get what's in between your your fingers as part of the wudu. And uh, that's how you do the right arm. And then you flip the, the, the script and do the left arm like that. Yeah, so a person will, in both of these washings, they'll wash up and to including the elbows. And this is an usuli issue, are the, the ghayat included within the had or not? Um, that uh, are the extremities uh, or the limits uh, of, of, of a definition included in that definition? Are the definitions open circle or closed circle? For those of you who remember... Uh, you know, graphing, right? So uh, um, he he says leave that discussion alone. Why? Because imagine if the if the elbow is not part of it, the amount of strange takalluf to make sure that you get everything except for the elbow, but not the elbow is like it's 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 it's, it's uh, if you do it, it's a waste, and if not, you'll waste your wudu. So just make sure to wash your elbows as well, so that you make sure to wash everything that's less than the than the elbows. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. 
يبدأ من مقدمه من أول مناب من أول منابت منابت شعر رأسه وقد قرن أطراف أصابع يديه بعضها ببعض على رأسه وجعل إبهاميه على صدغيه ثم يذهب بيديه ماسحا إلى طرف شعر رأسه مما يلي قفاه. Okay, so uh, uh, then a person will take a little bit of water in their right hand and then wipe it on the left. And uh, they'll basically, so imagine if you, if you make like, you know, like put your pointer finger out and your thumb up, like stick them up, right? And you have like both hands are mirror stick them ups. So you touch your pointer fingers together and the other th fingers together thereafter. And you stick your, your thumbs on your temples and, you know, your fingers, your uh, pointer fingers and other fingers meet at the middle of your head. And then you'll wipe like that, moving your hand back. And so your thumb will run around the, 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 where your ear connects to your head and your fingers will run over the rest of the head. And you'll do that all the way until you get to the back hairline. So starting from your front hairline or where your front hairline used to be, which, which is starting from where the, the, the limit to which washing the face was, starting from there going backwards, you will, you will uh, run your hands all the way back and wash your complete head. Now there is a, a, a you know, uh, wipe your head the ba in biru'usikum the ulama had a different the ulama had different interpretations of what that ba meant so the shafi'is and the hanafis they say for tab'id meaning part of your head wipe part of your head and so they have different definitions how much is it so I think like the Hanafi say like you have to wipe at least a third of your head or something like that. I don't know. You can ask Hanafi Mufti if you want. Go call some Mufti Saab uh, or you know them. There's mashallah so many of them. Allah Taala increase them. Uh, uh, um, or and then my understanding is in the Shafi'i school, uh, um, like like any amount. It just means some part of your head. Wipe some part of your head. So I've you know I've even seen people tip their don't be back a little bit and just wipe wipe a small part and that's. That's legally valid. Uh, um, Malik said, no, it's for isti'ab. The ba here means like you have to wipe your entire head. Uh, so make sure to wipe your entire head and not miss a spot. And so this, this uh, I guess, finger to finger and put your thumbs on your temple uh, method is a way you ensure you wipe your entire head. If a person has long hair, then that includes wiping all of their long hair. So when you go back, you keep wiping uh, and like you, if your neck, you know, you get to the bottom hairline in the back of your neck, you just keep like, put your, put your two hands like around your hair and keep pulling it back until you wipe your hair. If your hair is so long, you can't do that, uh, which probably means hopefully that you're a girl, uh, because Makarur keep your ha hair longer than your shoulder length. Um, then you can actually pull your braids forward and keep wiping until you, until you get done with, with them. But you wipe all the way, wipe the hair all the way as well. I used to, if I showed you my, my, uh, I took a, a picture, like a driver's license, uh, like a day after I got back from Madrasa in 2007. I used to have very nice long hair. Now I have almost no hair at all. Um, but uh, lest you laugh at me, all of us are going to be in the grave one day. And you and your pantine, perfect hair uh, uh, in your qabar. Uh, you know, we'll see who laughs at who, inshallah. Anyway, go on. ثم يردهما إلى حيث بدأ ويأخذ بإبهاميه خلف أذنيه إلى صدغيه. Yeah, so then then a person, it's a sunnah to do what what's called a rad al-masah, 
that you uh, that you uh, you you then when you your hand hands get to the back of your 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 where your thumbs are at the bottom of where your ear connects to your head and your your fingers are like at the back of your hairline to then m move the move your hands forward again so it's like one motion going back and forward so this is a this is you know for anyone who actually reads hadith later on mashallah um in order to understand hadith you have to I guess you have to think about things somehow because people used to relate things in ways that they didn't understand. You know, maybe they didn't know that these are going to become like legal texts that people are going to debate about afterward or whatever. So before you have to like be like, oh, look, Harold Motsky, like prove that Hadith is not all made up. Um, there's there, there, It requires some understanding. So there are Hadith about why, that the Prophet wiped his head once. And there's Hadith that say he wiped it twice. And there are Hadith that say he wiped it three times. And Wallahu uh, alam, uh, my... My feeling is that they all describe the same thing. The ones that say that he wiped them once, wiped his head once, sees this front and back motion as just one wipe. Whereas a person who said that he wiped it twice, they see him as wiping back and then wiping forward. Uh, definitely wiping backward from forward to backwards, or if you only wipe once from backwards to forwards, definitely either of them will suffice the, the farth of wiping your head. Um, and then with regards to three times, imagine if a person has long hair, which I've had it before and I've had to do this. You wipe uh, back and then you wipe front and then you have to set your hair again because otherwise it's going to be in your face. So it looks like you wipe three times. Wallahu alam, Allah knows best. But at any rate, the fuqaha, to my knowledge, at least the Maliki fuqaha, they uh, for sure, they consider the wipe is only once. This is a rule you can, you can, you can, you take with you. That whenever something is washed, it's generally washed three times. And whenever something is wiped, it's wiped once even the wash three times you know there's a hadith of the prophet sallallahu that uh, 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 the person who washes once he receives the reward of having washed the limbs and the person who washes twice they get double the reward and the person who washes three times they get three times the reward so the 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 and the person who washes four times they get nothing ostensibly according to according to uh, uh, the understanding of this hadith and uh, um, in fact they get sinned for it for istidhara ala sharia that to try to to try to somehow outdo outdo the sharia in something or outdo the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in something uh, that's like aqidah problem so uh, the three times is like a vehicle for receiving reward wallahu a'lam allah knows best they say that sayna fudail ibn ayyad rahimahullahu tabarak wa ta'ala who is a very well-known and celebrated individual from the history of our Salaf. And his name also appears in the silsila of the Tariqa Chishtiya as well. And uh, his uh, hadiths are narrated in the Sihasitta. Uh, uh, despite him making toba and taking the path of righteousness after being a brigand for several years. Uh, um, in his old age, he still made it to, 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 to the big leagues in hadith, which is somewhat of an accomplishment. So he was a person who was very fastidious in his, his worship. And uh, um, he used to pray uh, uh, in a night a hundred rak'at out of fear. Because once he was making wudu and he washed a limb twice. And Rasulullah came to him in a dream and said, I didn't expect this from you. So in a fiqh sense, yes, you don't have to. 
but it's the sunnah of the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the sunnahs are there to save you not for you to waste them so if you ever come into a situation where there's extremely limited water or extremely limited time or some reason or another that actually makes it counterproductive in a greater way to not not uh, follow or keep the sunnah then uh, uh, then 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 do what's best but if it's just a matter of your own laziness or tiredness or whatever then the sunnah is there to save you not for you to waste it and uh, uh, um, you know that's that's the the person who wishes to have the maqam of the of the awliya uh, that's how they they look at these things and they see things uh, and please don't study fiqh in order for you know in order for you to in order for you to cut out those things that are going to be the reason for your forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but that being said uh, the amana is this is that the first wash is what's fard and the other ones are not the other ones are not they're not fard the wudu is still valid without them What's a good reason to skip them, right? Oh, smack, you know, there's like the sun is going to rise before I can pray my fajr. Or, you know, we're running, like we said, we mentioned them, we're running really short on water, really short on time for some reason or another. Or someone put a gun to my head and said, wash the limb twice and I'll kill you. That's a good reason also not to wash the limb twice. You know, you receive the reward of the sunnah, that was your intention and whatnot. You know, those are those are reasons to miss it. Not just because, oh, you know, I went to fit class and shut up, man. Shri Hamza told me that you can, I read it in the Risala. You guys don't even read anything, you know, and like, it's just like an excuse to be lazy. There are people like that. That's what they, this is one of the reasons why the ulama are not, we're never excited about people learning information without suhbah is because a person, you know, uh, you know, whatever, the Tylenol will help with your headache, but if you, you know, take it the wrong way, then it could harm you, uh, 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 you know. I heard Tylenol and cocaine are not good for you, but then again, like, cocaine is not good for you anyway, so, like, <laughs> the point is, I'm trying to look for examples here, the point is, is that the, you're, you're, fiqh, you're not learning the fiqh in order to, in order to waste parts of the deen, you're learning the fiqh in order to understand. Uh, you still do what the Prophet ﷺ did. And it's funny how a lot of ibadat and the, between the madahib arba'ah, they're actually performed almost exactly the same way. The performance is convergent if a person is to follow all the different sunan involved with them. It's just the, their classification of the different acts or the way they understood them in a, a cogent sense is a little bit different. Otherwise, the sunnah is the sunnah. It's the same sunnah for everybody. Even if they don't agree on what it is, they at least agree on the principle of it. Continue. Yeah, so he says, however you wipe your head, uh, as long as uh, the entire head gets wiped, it's fine. And he go, he says that the the way that I described those seems like the, the best way of, of doing it. Yeah, go on. Yeah, so even if you were just to stick your hands into the container uh, until they're wet, and then just wipe your head like you know however you need to uh, until uh, until all of it gets wiped that's sufficient yeah ahead. Okay, so so basically, uh, the next thing a person does is they pour some water on their 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 pointer fingers and their thumbs, or if they want to, they can just dip them into the into the into the container, 
And um, what, you, what you do is use your thumb to wipe the inside of your ear and your, 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 your uh, pointer finger to wipe the outside. And uh, again, wiping is one time. And uh, um, this is, I think, different than the other madhahib. I think Imam Malik, or at least different than the Hanafi madhahib, that Imam Malik, he considers it um, uh, uh, like mustahab to wet your hands again a second time, not to wipe your ears with the same, uh, with the same water that you wiped your that you wiped your, uh, your, 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 your uh, head with. And then he mentions that a woman should uh, um, should make sure to wipe her, her long tresses and locks uh, 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 and braids, whatnot, her hair. Uh, I guess if some if a dude has like really long hair and stuff too, aside from the karaha that, that he has to do that as well. And, but, he, but he says that she doesn't ha she's not supposed to wipe over her 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 wiqaya uh, uh, like whatever her hijab or or khimar or whatever she has so usually i have my scarf with me but i left it in the car so if a woman's in public the question is if a woman's in public how is she going to wipe her head right so if a woman's in public and this is she has her hijab on all she does is wet her hand and go like this she doesn't need to expose she doesn't need to expose her uh, her head to anybody See, I did a I did a hijab tutorial of sorts right now too, didn't I? So I guess I can't really <laughs> rail on rail on the whatever like hijabi Maybelline girl too much. Not that do I, do I do that? Do I ever you know? Do you ever see me like cutting down like sisters in public? Even if some of the things they do are not one hundred percent the best or whatever. Sometimes maybe in my opinion at least, right? But that's not that's not a good thing to do because even though a sister may be wrong in some part of her fiqh or understanding of the deen, but why would I sacrifice my aqidah of the hurma of our sisters by hacking her down in public in front of everybody else, thereby showing another person, Muslim or non-Muslim, that that's an okay thing to do, whereas it's really not. <clears throat> anyway, go on. Okay, so then a person is going to wipe their right foot with their right, with their uh, right leg. Um, as an interesting cultural note, in Mauritania generally they make wudu when they're squatting. And one of the most like mission impossible things that they do <laughs> is that while squatting, they'll kick one foot out and they'll they'll like pour water with one hand and wipe it with the other one with an incredible amount of poison balance that, uh, you know, movie I just really can't pull off. <laughs> I just have to just stand up and kick my foot out and do it whatever, uh, you know, the other way. Uh, but uh, but yeah, anyhow, the, you wipe your your right hand, right foot with your right hand, uh, as, according to his recommendation. Although, he, like he indicated, some of these things you just wash them the way that you you're able to. Now, if you want to make wudu from a mud of water, which is eh, maybe like you know the average water bottle, which we should stop using water bottles, uh, uh, you know, throw disposable ones. But like you know, your average with all respect and love for the water that was brought to the rabat. Um, you know, you're good generally with using such a small amount of water until it gets to your feet. When it gets to your feet, this is where it's where it's easy for a person to like overrun the amount of water they use. And the weird part is, with washing your feet, um, it's not about how much water you use. It's about it's about 
just like the rubbing the foot because you have to get the, the for the wudu to be valid first of all the water has to like touch every part of it he's going to talk about how people usually miss some spot in their heels uh, in a second but further than that the water has to get into the crevices and cracks in the the, the calluses as well so you know how like it's kind of like white and like opaque when it's dry and then it like when it gets soaked it gets uh uh um you know, it becomes translucent. Um, it has to get soaked in order to get translucent in order for the washing of the foot to be considered a washing. And you could blow like a gallon of water running it over your foot um, and it's still going to be opaque. What gets it, you know, I, unless you want to soak your foot in like a whole bunch of water for a really long time, which is a violation of the sunnah because you waste so much water, you got to rub you got to rub the your heels, you have to rub your ankles, you have to rub your toes with the with the moisture on it or the water like gently pouring on it or slowly pouring on it. That's how you're going to get the wudu done. It's more about the rubbing than it is about the amount of water that you use. And there are many people who will blow through a whole large amount of water and still they're not going to get that, you know. So a person has to be careful. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, so a person, a person, however they need to, however they need to, they wash the entire foot. And the person is, you know, is encouraged to uh, wipe between their toes. And, uh, but if they don't, then the wudu is still valid. Malik rahimahullah ta'ala, you know, he considered, because it's known from the sunnah that a person doesn't have to wipe between their toes. The the surface of the foot that needs to be washed is like the three-dimensional surface if the toes are all close together. The space between the toes is not is not necessary to wipe, um, assuming that the person's foot is closed. And so he considered it earlier in his, in his like career as a faqih has perhaps a type of uh, uh, overzealousness that a person has to wash between their toes and, and the wudu. And then later on, when the hadith was pre presented to him, and he was you know assured it was narrated with a, a suitable chain of narration, then he considered it to be mustahab, because it's well known amongst the people of Medina that you don't have to wipe between your toes. I personally am very fond of wiping between the toes. I think the area between the toes should be cleaned as, you know, uh, as frequent as makes sense. Uh, but uh, again. Good thing the Sharia is not based on my opinion. No one cares. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> it's a good good opportunity for everybody to remind themselves. No one cares about my opinion. If you're a wali of Allah, you won't even care about your own opinion. Uh, rather, Allah and His Rasul Sallallahu on what they what they say is what what's of benefit in this <laughs> world and in the hereafter. Uh, so uh, the takhlil between the toes is not it's not wajib, but it's it's mildly recommended. Go ahead. Yeah, so Ibn Abi Zayd is like, yeah, Malik said you don't have to do it, but it's a far more pleasant thing to wash between your toes. So like, you know, in brackets, please wash between your toes and go on. Yeah, the aqib is the heel. Let a person wipe or rub their heels and their Achilles tendon. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, a person let them let them wipe those the Achilles tendon, the heel and the Achilles tendon, 
um, and all of those places that water is not easily able to get into uh, from the dryness and the, the cr cracks and crevices. And some people have some real Masha Grand Canyon-y type heels and feet. Um, so whatever it is, you know, get, 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 get in there and then wipe the, wipe the, uh, wipe the, wipe them with water, with moist hands until, you know, and give a chance to, for the water to get in there. Yeah. Ma. Oh, okay, so uh, so let, let them keep wiping while pouring the water slowly um, and wipe with both feet because it's narrated from the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam that he said Curse beyond the heels from the hellfire um, Why? Because he noticed, and it's a thing even to this day, that if a person is going to miss a spot in their wudu, it's going to be in their heel or in their ankle. And so he warned them that the water of wudu, uh, wherever it touches, it immunizes that place or shields that place from, from being burned in the hellfire. So much so to the point where the people who make wudu, who do go to Jahannam, they're not going to burn in the places of wudu. Uh, and this is one of the ways that a person can tell a person from this ummah, from the other people in the hellfire, is that the the, the hellfire will literally efface a person's face. They'll be like completely like, it'll just be like, the face will be burned to the point where it's like a, just a, a, an identityless person. Whereas the people of this ummah, they'll still have faces in, inside the fire. Uh, uh, and Allah Ta'ala protect us from seeing any of that. Mm -hmm. But uh, 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 the idea is that he cautioned the people, don't just miss a spot and then it gets burned later on. Rather, uh, rather uh, make sure to be, make sure to be thorough in your in your washing. And he says, "Aqibu shayi tarafuhu tarafuhu That the aqib of something is the because the word aqib means heel. It means the side of something and the last of it. And so the reason your heel is called the heel is the back of the foot, uh, uh, the last of the foot, and the last of a person in, in some sense. Go ahead. Yeah, then a person washes the left foot, but like uh, just like they wash the right foot, but the mirror image of it. Go ahead. Yeah, so he says that the command to wash the limbs uh, three times is not such a command that uh, uh, the wudu is not valid without it. Rather, walakin. Yeah, it, rather it is the, the, the maximum amount a person should wash. Go ahead. Mm -hmm. and so a person who's able to like completely wash the limbs in less than that, it is, it's sufficiently valid for them to do that. Go ahead. So it's a, it's a, it's a typo. Right, and you know the way you know it's a typo is the sentence before it says بِأَقَلِّ مِنْ ذَلِكَ أَجْزَاءَهُ إِذَا أَحْكَمَ ذَلِكَ So he uses the أَحْكَمَ so you know it's أَحْكَمَ يُحْكِمُ إِحْكَامًا وَلَيْسَ كُلُّ النَّاسِ فِي إِحْكَامِ ذَلِكَ سَوَاءً Yeah, not, not all people are able to or are, are that thorough in their washing. So one of the benefits of washing three times is in one of the two or three you'll get the spot that you missed in the other. Go on. وقد قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من توضأ فأحسن الوضوء ثم رفع طرفه إلى السماء فقال 
أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله فتحت له أبواب الجنة الثمانية يدخل من أي شاء من أيها شاء. Yeah. So the the Rasul صلى الله عليه وسلم said, uh, whoever made wudu and did so with perfection, with beauty, with goodness, like they really did, you know, they really did uh, did themselves a good good wudu, mashallah. Um, then the person will raise their raise their uh, their their uh, face to the heavens and say, "Ashhadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lahu, ashhadu anna Muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu." I bear witness that there is no god except for Allah alone, without any partner, and I bear witness that Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is his slave and his messenger. The eight gates of Jannah will be flung open for them, and he can. Enter from whichever uh, of them that he wishes, which is a big deal, and I think, you know, it's part of the disenchantment of people nowadays that they don't think of any of the acts of worship as being important, and the one they dismiss the most is the most important of them, which is the salat, and uh, the aspect of the salat that they dismiss the most, which is the purification uh, for it, the wudu. And it's the mafhum of a number of hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that the wudu itself is one of the ways of preparation for the salat is that the washing of the different limbs uh, is the is the expiation of the very sins that are committed by them. And so the person who comes to the prayer laden with sins, his prayer will be consumed in expiating them. The person who comes to the prayer free of their sins, then their heart will be filled with the anwar and the tajalliyat and the rahmat of Allah's fadl that come down on a person in the salat, and they'll they'll be they'll be blessed by them and they'll be adorned with them. Um, and people think of wudu as some sort of like you just get it out of the way, turn on the faucet, splash water all over the place, and get done with it to the point where uh, you know they'll be like, do I have to this and do I have to that? And uh, yo man, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to. You don't even have to make wudu in the first place. You don't even have to be a Muslim if you want to. You just go to hell if you like. But for the person who that's not an attractive option to, let them think about these things holistically and not just in a legal, legalistic sense. That a person who understood what these things were, if they could go back, and Allah Taala said, okay, you can go back and you know do a redo for your life, but you can only wipe your limbs one time. They would ask, Ya Allah, can I just wipe them three times when they see how much reward a person receives for it? Uh, it's a, it's an honor and it's a blessing if you look at things holistically. And if not, then like you'll be like constantly hiding at the office. Oh my God, Jim might see me washing my feet and I'm going to die a horrible death of a thousand cuts because, you know, some uh, dude of whatever race, doesn't just have to be white. Anyone from any race who sees me washing, I've been told, told off by Latinos for washing my feet in the sink. I've been told off by African-Americans for washing my feet in the sink before. And, you know, all of them I equally really don't, you know, couldn't give a, the backside of the rodent species for uh uh you know for what they have to say you know and people like oh that's disgusting people like wash their face in the sink and i'm like uh they also wash their hands after taking a dump so i don't really i don't really see your point but if there's a point i'm reasonable i'm reasonable if there's a point like i don't mind you know accepting that but i don't really see a point there um i was told off once by african-american gentleman at the o'hare airport uh about washing my feet in the sink and I asked him a question. I said, do you think they're going to love you and respect you and treat you like an equal now that you told off a brown man for washing his feet in the sink before praying? I don't think he appreciated that either. Uh, then again, not a lot of people appreciate a lot of things that I say. So, uh, you know, what? and you know, whatever. So, uh, uh, um, 
And maybe that wasn't a nice thing to say. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. But the, the point is, is this, is that like uh, these things are, are of great value. And when you understand the value and that value and that greatness enters into your heart, um, then you'll want to do them. And that's what happens when a person understands their fiqh within the context of their aqidah, within the context of their tasawwuf. And if they don't, then the sharia is going to be like the sacred law uh, is considered by the rabbis to be God's punishment uh, uh, for, for disobedience. Uh, whereas none of our ulama ever said that. The, I've heard this from rabbis before, living rabbis, um, that we consider uh, the, the, the law of the Torah to be God's punishment on our people for their disobedience. Rather, Shawaliullah rahimullah ta'ala, he said that by the ijma' of the, of the ulama and the people of hikmah and this deen, uh, every single ruling of the sharia is filled with mercy and it's filled with benefit for the slave, even though it didn't have to be that way. Every hukam of Allah ta'ala has a mercy and a benefit, uh, and many of those, most of them, you'll see them both in this world and the hereafter. Not just in the hereafter. You'll see both in this world and the hereafter. If someone believes that, then they'll approach the sharia differently. Somebody doesn't believe that, then, uh, you know, I guess, you know, that's your su'a dhan billah. And Allah Ta'ala says in a hadith Qudsi, ana inda dhanni abdi bih. That's your bad opinion that Allah is just running you in a rat race that's pointless just to, for his entertainment. And the hadith Qudsi of the Prophet indicates that I am uh, as my slave thinks of me. So if that's what you think of Allah Ta'ala, then that's, you know, there's a possibility that that's what you're going to get out of your life. Uh, whereas the person who has iman in Allah Ta'ala and a good opinion that my Rabb wouldn't tell me to do something uh, that was pointless or that was going to harm me, then that's indeed the case. So, uh, uh, you know, all of these, you know, the, imagine that, that a person does their wudu properly and they, they, uh, uh, the eight gates of Jannah are open for them that they can enter from every, anyone that, 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 that they wish. What a high maqam it is, what a high maqam that is, it's described by another hadith of the Prophet in which the uh, Rasul sallallahu described the different deeds that a person has to do. Uh, um, and that, that the different deeds that will have the different gates of Jannah open for them. And Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq who asked, is it possible that more than one gate will be open for a person? So he's not asking about eight, he's asking just about two. But they didn't, ex they didn't expect that it would be possible that a person, or they wondered would it be possible for a person to be allowed to enter from more than two, from more than one. And uh, Rasulullah said, indeed, there will be people, there will be people from this ummah for whom all eight gates are opened. And my wish is that you will be one of them. So for him to say that, meaning it's describing Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu anhu, for him to say that means that it's a great, it's a great thing. It's not a small thing. And uh, uh, for him to uh, say that with regards to the person who makes ihsan in their wudu, this means that that's a great maqam with Allah Ta'ala and indicates probably not as many people who think they're doing it are doing it. And so that doesn't mean to say that like, you know, somehow your wudu is like mystically like bogus, even though you're trying your best. What it means is perhaps a lot of people don't try their best. Uh, and if you try your best, maybe you can be one of those people, inshallah. Because nobody would be one of them until Rasulullah taught them how to be one of them. Once he's told you, then it's your, your job to put in the work and put in the effort to be, uh, uh, to be one of them. And Wallahu Alam, another perhaps, you know, another reason for this, being, this reward being connected with the wudu is that the wudu is a prerequisite to the salat. Um, and it's prerequisite to some other acts of worship like uh, touching the mushaf and, and it's, it's mustahab for, it's prerequisite for tawaf and it's mustahab for a number of acts of worship. 
uh, and it's mustahab in general for a person to be on this in the state of wudu. So in that sense, it's like one of the muqaddimat, you know, for the really the rest of the deen. So uh, a person whose salat is good, the rest of their accounting will be good on the day of judgment. And the person whose wudu is good, their salat has a chance of being good. And Allah Ta'ala knows best. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so some of the ulama say that it's also mustahab to read after after you're done with your wudu. And uh, uh, he says some of the ulama, but it's also, it's a narrated in the hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa that, that uh, a person after they're done with their wudu, they should say, Oh Allah, make me from the people who uh, habitually repent to you again and again. And make me from the people who are are, are fastidious in purification. Mutatahirin is different than tahirin. Mutatahir is the person who is tafa'ul, is the person who makes takalluf and being clean all the time. And it doesn't only have to do with the outside cleanliness. Because you may see places that are, you know, you, people see, they say stuff like this. They see like the mall is really clean. And like they'll see like the marketplace in the Muslim world is like really dusty and whatever. And the fact of the matter is that, yes, the deen teaches us that you should uh, combine inward and outward. And perhaps, you know, there may be some people, uh, dunyawi people, that have the means in order to make things shine a little bit more than than the, the fuqara and masakin of Darul Islam. But the cleanliness, you know, there's no point in having having the mall be cleaned and it's the, the place where Allah Ta'ala's ghadab comes down. And, uh, you know, there's no loss in a place which is a little bit dusty and, you know, uh, a little bit um, not, you know, it doesn't look so uh, shiny. It doesn't look so sparkly and glittery. But there's no najasa sitting around anywhere. It's tahir, ritually pure. And uh, uh, Allah Ta'ala is pleased with it because the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala is being made in those places. There, you know, in Mauritania... Um, you know, there are, there are shopkeepers to this day, although unfortunately with the facade of the zaman, everybody is going in the direction of facade and those people aren't spared. But there's still shopkeepers that if you want to take a dars of, of the risala like we're doing right now, that you can go to the shopkeeper and oftentimes they'll even lock the door for, you know, 20 minutes and they'll give you your, your daily dars of whatever topic and then they'll open the shop and read again. The point being, what's the point of having any of that? If the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala is not, you know, is, 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 is not the point of having a shop and making money and having a family and all of that stuff. There's no remembrance of Allah that none of those things have a point. What's the point of, you know, having a world filled with, you know, Fajr and Kafar type children that just increase the facade in the world uh, and uh, supporting those families or making money and having no children and just wasting it on, uh, on a heedless life that ends in the fire. No point to it. Uh, and so in that sense, you know, those people may not, may not, uh, I don't know, have the nicest phones, although Mauritania is creepy in the sense that you have people's <laughs> phones that you wonder why do they have that phone, but uh, 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 you know, they may not be like the most cutting edge and like all the other things that people think about, but this type of common sense, when people have it straight, you know, things are going to be okay. Whereas when it's lacking in a person, then uh, uh, all their other talents and mahasan and, 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 and excellences are just going to be wasted in doing Stupidity and nothing. Anyway, go on. وَيَجِبُ عَلَيْهِ أَنْ يَعْمَلَ عَمَلَ الْوُضُوءِ إِحْتِسَابًا لِلَّهِ تَعَالَى لِمَا أَمَرَهُ بِهِ Yeah, and a person, it's it's uh, it's an obligation that a person should do those the acts of wudu. Um, 
deliberately as an act of worship and, and seeking the benefit from Allah or the reward from Allah for it. Meaning it's not just water going down the sink drain, but there's actually a benefit in it. And this may be kind of a subtle, uh, a subtle uh, uh, type rad uh, uh, or uh, uh, um, rebuttal toward the Hanafis who consider the wudu not to be an act of worship. That they have the idea that like the best way of doing wudu is with the uh, intention, uh, the intention of getting close to Allah Taala, but it's it's not in and of itself an act of worship, in the sense that if a person was to be walking and they tripped and fell into a pool, for example, all the limbs got wet, and so they could come out of it and they say I have wudu, you know, like just I took a shower this morning, so I have wudu, uh, and so uh, we don't have that. Like you can make wudu in the shower; it's valid to make wudu in the shower. However, you have to actually make wudu. You can't just like be like, I took a shower and I have wudu. Uh, you have to have an intention with it. Anyway. Yeah, so that a person should, should uh, uh, a person must uh, hope for reward from Allah Ta'ala for it and hope that Allah accept it and, and hope from Allah Ta'ala that it will cleanse them of their sins. Uh, and, and that person has to make that that feeling present in their heart. And go on. يرجو تقبله وتطهيره من الذنوب به ويشعر نفس ويشعر نفسه أن ذلك تأهب وتنظف لما لمناجاة ربه لمناجاة ربه لمناجاة ربه والوقوف بين يديه لأداء لأداء فرائضه والخضوع بالركوع والسجود فيعمل على يقين بذلك وتحفظ وتحفظ فيه فإن تمام كل عمل بحسن النية فيه Yeah, so Ibn Abi Zayd says that a person has to when they're making wudu have this feeling present inside their heart that they're preparing and they're cleaning themselves and they're preparing to have an intimate conversation with the Lord or with his Lord and to stand in front of him present himself in front of him in order to fulfill his obligation and preparing to humble himself uh, to Allah in uh, in the ruku and in, in the sujood, in the the bowing and the prostration, and uh, 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 a person must do all of these things with yaqeen, with certainty, and must preserve that state inside of their heart every time they uh, preserve the 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 summoning of the state in the heart every time they make wudu, because the perfection and the completion of every deed is in uh, the, 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 the perfection of the intention that's associated with it. Sallallahu ta'ala ala rasuluhi Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.